0: Good morning, great afternoon, great night. Welcome to Moments of Mindset, the podcast. I am your host, your guide, Rodney Williams. And as always, I am so grateful and thankful that you are lending me your ears and your hearts right now. If this is your first time, welcome. If you have been back and you are here episode after episode, thank you again, and I hope that you brought a friend because this is a family over here, and we want to make sure that we are always adding value and providing you the information to assist you on that path of abundance i have an amazing guest with me i mean all my guests are amazing but this is somebody a a a friend of mine who most people say by chance that we met but as i have uh, gotten to know this this fine gentleman man he is a genius in his own right and our friendship is continuing to grow as we support each other and when he first the, the, the topic is going to be uh Crypto, cryptocurrency and everything crypto. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm a novice and, you know, people are like, man, how can you be a novice? You know, sometimes you're stubborn, right? And and it takes somebody that has a wealth of knowledge and paints a different perspective. And um, this gentleman's perspective on cryptocurrency and, and the nature of how things are evolving with uh, energy usage and, how to be useful? How to be more efficient? And how to really bring a synergy and bring us all together? You're going to love his perspective. He is quite uh, detailed yet succinct, and he will paint a beautiful picture so that you walk away with uh, understanding. No matter if you're a novice or you're an expert, you're going to walk away uh, so much better because of listening to this gentleman. And uh, I would like for him to introduce himself.
1: Hey, I'm uh Jared Swain. Um. Texas native born and uh, a deep love for cryptocurrency and independent
0: financial wealth. Fantastic, fantastic, and thank you so much for taking this time with me. Um, You know what? A lot of times in the you know the news and and since Bitcoin, you know, a lot of times people that haven't really adopted the cryptocurrency they might be swayed because of the negative stigma. It's illegal. It's for cartel to do this and every nefarious person to do that and what is your perspective uh, on on that
1: you know um i find that a lot of those stories are very misleading they uh they paint that negative picture like you were pointing out and it's to scare you away from something that might actually be worthwhile in your time and investing some you know time to research things um what if you do a little digging, you can just do a couple Google searches and you can find that banks have been dealing with money laundering, uh, for the cartel, for uh, bad governments, and you know, political figures of that nature for a long time. And in recent stories, you can find where numerous banks are uh, involved in, in it and not just one. They all are coordinated together to manipulate the market in their favor, and they can do that um, in many different avenues through uh, housing markets, stock markets, and, uh, you know, cash, manipulating cash uh, by short-selling, because you can short-sell the U.S. dollar and numerous other currencies. Yeah. So you can manipulate the market to your favor in the currency you want. Yeah. So they, um, they participate in a lot of the negative things as well, while... Under the guise of giving you a helpful service, right? But uh, every time you use their service, you find out that there's um, some type of fee or there's something that you got to run into, um, some stipulation, if you will. Um, you know, like uh, if you use a credit card, you may get charged that 15 to 45 cent charge for using a Visa or MasterCard um, credit card, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's either passed to the to the merchant or that's passed to the customer. Mm -hmm. And most of the times the merchants always pass that to you. So think about all the transactions that you do in any given day, they could be getting 15 cents from you every time you do that transaction. And really all that transaction was, was uh, digital information being passed from one point to the next. And they're charging to do that, but yet it can be done for free. There's really no reason why that shouldn't be done for free. Yeah. So you know there's a couple ways um, that they've also uh, that they've skirted jail time in money laundering for a cartel you know wow. they've, uh, there's been numerous cases where banks have laundered um, you know billions of dollars for a cartel they get caught for it but yet nobody faces penalty for it and you're talking millions of dollars and then even up to billions and trillions of dollars and man, I haven't seen that kind of money before, yeah. but I know if I, if somebody at our level were to launder that kind of money, we'd be locked up in prison right away for years to never see yeah. another sunrise. You yeah. know? And um, that just doesn't happen with people in the higher ups that, that are manipulating the money yeah. Right? Yeah. that are in power and, and in control of that.
0: Yeah. and And I definitely think that is a perspective that, you know, the, average person needs to understand that you know the sometimes the pictures that's painted you really have to look and and take a look at the artist that's painting them right and so you know obviously to a to a novice everybody's heard of bitcoin right if you um you know for those just kind of tuning in can you kind of get a history of uh you know bitcoin kind of like in through your eyes yeah so
1: you know um what's cool about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is that it started from one person you know really that, that we've been able to identify and we haven't actually been able to identify who that person truly is Yeah. but he went by the name of he or she you know let's be real now uh, went by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto and I hope I didn't kill his name there but um, you know that gentleman started the code for Bitcoin in 2007 and then um, Bitcoin was released to everybody in January 3rd 2009 um that's when you were able to basically access it if you knew how to and and purchase digital currency so at that moment he began a revolution that nobody really you know other than people who were aware of it and hopefully they had a grasp of what was going on yeah that he started a wave of revolution of uh independent financial freedom you know Uh, breaking away from the chains that that really bind you and stop you from pursuing your passions or whatever it is in life. Yeah. Because if you, you know, it's almost easy to say, but if you look back on everything you need to do, you need money to do it. You know, you had to use uh, gas money to get to the school or store or wherever it was, and um, you know, it's always a a um, a cost. And so, um there are people out there who have figured out ways to nickel and dime you and pull out every dollar they can from you, where you're forced to go pick up a second job, right? Because you feel it's it's you know it's needed, and it's needed because your rent is so high yeah. or your insurance is so high, and in reality, those things were being they're being manipulated, they're being manipulated to get more money out of <laughs> yeah. you in some form or another, and uh, you know the banks contributed to it where they charge you on atm fees you know and um taking these ones or two dollars out of you um you really don't feel the bite you don't feel the sting but if you add it up over time or if you thought back like all of my transactions that i did through my atm if i had all of that money that they charged me you know uh what would i be able to do with that yeah, now, right yeah. i might be able to uh invest go to school it or invest yeah. it you know and so um yeah, it, it's, uh, it was a revolution for him to start this because it opened up the true um, path for you to manage your money Yeah, and be independent with that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, once he kicked it off, we now have, uh, you know, coming all the way up to today, there's like over 4,000 cryptocurrencies that could be used right now. Uh, in my personal opinion, there's like only 2% that are yeah, really, really worthwhile in your time. Yeah uh they actually offer a good project uh that's really going somewhere and and has a a good community behind it um but um there's a lot of things to uh be mindful of cryptocurrencies right so um you know a lot of people were looking forward to replace the dollar is it something that you would use to replace the dollar and in my personal opinion um no it shouldn't be something to replace the u.s dollar uh but maybe it's another payment option for you to utilize, um, especially for the crowd of folks that don't have access to a bank. Um, you know if uh, you don't have that access to the bank, then how are you going to get money? To, yeah. uh, you use a debit card or, or even pull out the cash to you know buy some bread or something or gas or whatever you need. Yeah. Um, you won't be able to do that. and so, Having another payment system allows people to move more freely in this world yeah. where we go back to the peer-to-peer transaction where if I want to give you $20 for something, then i give you $20, you know, and, and uh, you can't necessarily always do that with the banks. It's always uh, funneled through their system. Yeah. And there might be a service charge, you know, <laughs> where um, PayPal, you can kind of get away from that by going to friends and family, right? Yeah. And you yeah. can send money to th- friends and family with no fees, that's how money should flow. It shouldn't flow with transaction fee because you're using their service, right? right? It's just data transferring through the internet, and they're they're taking advantage of that yeah. you know, of providing you a service, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely a revolution um, when he when he created Bitcoin and started that whole wave of uh, cryptocurrencies. Um, but we got to remember too that. Um, Cryptocurrencies isn't just a financial thing, and like I'm saying, it's not something to always replace the dollar. Yeah, uh, a lot of people look at Bitcoin as being a standard of gold, and uh, you know, to some people, that is a replacement of the dollar. They they own gold and they have a certain value to it, and they can buy and sell things with gold if they wanted to. Where um, you know, cryptocurrencies you don't you don't always feel that way, but you do have um, you do have that that material value to it um, because of People using it and showing that um, you know, you, you it makes it easier than than going to a bank and getting your um, cash in your check yeah, sure. and and then trying to pay for something. Yeah. So um, it's opened up a lot of doors for people.
0: Heck yeah, and you know, it's like you said, options and one of the things financial freedom, like true financial freedom, which we're currently programmed that we have to go through a certain system, a certain way, because that's always been done. And as you mentioned, that isn't like necessarily the case, right. In in terms of them uh, being an asset to those and being of service to those that they are supposed to. So, you know, when it comes to how somebody who isn't in the cryptocurrency and really needs to, of course, inform themselves first, but how will they take action in terms of, Setting themselves up for success by going into crypto. What what are some what's some advice that you would give?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the advice to give for somebody getting in would be to understand that you are your money manager now, and you are the person who's in control of of every aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, the first thing is is you got to create your own wallet for the cryptocurrency that you intend to invest in or utilize. Um, and the wallet is the first thing to understand uh we use the term wallet but you can almost imagine it like it's a bank account you 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 create a bank account for yourself that is for that cryptocurrency on that network and uh you can there's wallets that work on multiple networks but you would create that wallet so that you can store your coins in and then from then on you have the option to send or receive uh more coins or or whatever you want to do or tokens as some of them are called and um you can start using it as a form of payment so the first thing to do is get your wallet straightened out and um you know one of the best companies to i don't really want to recommend them and then i do because they're the best ones to utilize for the u.s is coinbase that one gives you the access to a lot of wallets or a place mm-hmm. to store your tokens sure. but the one thing i want to heed uh, warning on is that you don't you are not in full possession of your cryptocurrency when you use a third-party site like Coinbase. So, you would want to understand other wallets like a hard wallet um, or um, soft wallet. Sometimes they're browser extensions that you install and it creates a wallet for you on a browser extension and you can simply use that to store your cryptocurrency. Um, or you have like hard wallets um, like a ledger, it's almost like a thumb drive and uh, you connect it to your computer. There's an app or I mean a program that you have installed and You would use that to transfer your funds through the device you can then take that device offline and store it somewhere so nobody could get access to it via the internet somehow Um, whereas the browser installed wallets they can be you know compromised by somebody just giving up their seed phrase you know they get uh, uh, hacked a lot through just giving up their seed phrase and so once you understand the wallets because there are so many of them and that is the kind of complicated thing to understand is that you are creating the storage point for those coins and then you're managing it from there you are uh, making sure to not give out your seed phrase which can be considered like your pin number right for your atm you don't want to ever give that out and people will always try to ask for it they'll they'll act like a representative and try to get your seed phrase Mm -hmm. from you but they're just trying to scam you because nobody would really ask for that so once you get used to the wallets um you then have the ability to send and receive, like I said, to where you may come up to a vendor or somebody who cuts hair or, or uh, you know, sells uh, freshly made food. Yeah. They'll have a little QR code, and your phone will utilize the camera, uh, scan the QR code, and you can send them Bitcoin, Ethereum, or whatever right then and there. Hmm. And, um, you know, you can make your payment for your, your item you know, huh. that you went to buy. Yeah. And... Um, uh, that's that's how it all evolves I mean people just need to start using it that way and it would become more of a popular thing for folks uh, but the technical side like understanding wallets and understanding uh, coinbase doesn't you know they own your wa- your coins and just understanding those nuances is what's holding up a lot of people right now yeah right um, Also when you look at like a wallet address, it's just a bunch of random numbers and, and letters and you, you're like, you can't remember it, so you just got to start knowing how to use copy and paste, and and uh, and how to manage those different wallet addresses. Because again, you are the manager now; mm-hmm. you are the one in control of all of the assets. So you need to understand who you're sending money to, and, yeah. and how you're receiving it, so that it's going into the right wallet. Yeah, because uh, you can't send cryptocurrency to the wrong wallet. Yeah, right? it's, it's gone forever. Like Yeah. Yeah, so those technical sides of things have held up people a little bit on adapting crypto uh but south korea all of their vendors or most of their vendors the street vendors they accept cryptocurrency and you know you could walk down any of the streets and get a drink or get something to eat and you just scan your qr codes and send them uh bitcoin
0: yeah
1: it's as simple as that (laughs) and made it you know quick and easy transactions in a way um Bitcoin sometimes can take a little while, and this is why other coins have been created and other tokens have been created, is Bitcoin's transactions. So here's a little thing to know about cryptocurrencies is that they can be quick or they can be slow. And Bitcoin is one of those that can be pretty slow. If you purchase something, it may take up to an hour for that transaction to actually go through. So they created other tokens or other cryptocurrencies that were quicker on that and uh, less fees as well. So that's another thing to understand and know is that when you send or receive crypto, there's a fee to that. There's a, It's called a gas fee. And that gas fee goes to crypto miners or um, people who maintain the network through nodes and staking and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, but that's a little bit t- more technical. So yeah, hold on yeah. from there. But, <laughs> That'll know, be going another back episode. To South Korea, yeah. all those folks have uh, QR codes right on their little, wow. little shops. and. You know, you want a souvenir or something to eat, man, you just scan the QR code and send them <sighs> some Bitcoin and uh, the transaction's done, you move on, and everybody's good. And uh, it's always pretty neat how quickly that can flow. Yeah. And, you know, everybody can say, <clears throat> you can just use your ATM or debit card. And that's absolutely correct. You can totally use that. Um, so if I use my own as an example, um, when I, A transaction I go through a credit union, and when I use uh, my debit card, if I use it on a Saturday or Sunday, those transactions will not show up until Monday. Mm -hmm. So I always have to keep in my head how much money I got left. Yeah, yeah, I got to manage that checkbook uh, balance, if you will. And uh, you know, sometimes that can hang you up. There can be something that comes up, you know, on the weekend that you know, somebody breaks a bone, or you got to go to the emergency hot, you know, room, or something. you know, you may, you may mess up on your funds, right? Yeah, and yeah. Then if if you go over on your account, you they be charge dinged. you, yeah, with the late fee. And if you ever had Wells Fargo back in the day, if you had a late fee and it went so many days, they charge you another, another late fee. fee you yeah. know, and they kept at it, and then you owed them several hundred dollars <laughs> in just a few days, just for going five dollars over your checking account, yeah. right? Well. If you don't have the crypto in your account, it ain't going to process the transaction. It's just that simple. So uh, that stops that from going overboard. But being able to have your transactions go through at a timely manner so you can manage your money is is what it's all about. Because we live in a 24-7 world now. We don't live in a 9-to-5 bank or out world. And that's what they want to channel us into. Mm -hmm. And that's where cryptocurrency can break us out of that.
0: Yeah. I love it. See, I love being able to come on a platform and learn myself and be and and be a part of somebody else's passion. Right. Because it's, you know, when I talk like changing your habits of, you know, there was a time where we were ever going to get done with writing checks at the grocery store. Now, you know, you could tap your phone. So with that same sort of mentality of how you are used to giving and going to banks for, you know, funds and this or that, like we're creating a liberation of sorts to where we can go back to the barter days where I have something to value, you have something to value, and we talk about it, and guess what? We go into our wallets and we exchange the currency as needed.
1: Yeah, so, it, you know, it's hard not to just jump on that anyways, because if you truly analyze the U.S. dollar, and if you truly analyze transactions today we are already in a digital world when it comes to transactions and we use them all the way up into the point we walk up to an atm machine so all of your bills are paid online uh you know my check is directly deposited into my account and it i couldn't even get the job if i didn't have a bank account for them to directly deposit into So if you analyze the U.S. dollar and you look at uh, transactions nowadays, we're already living in a digital world. Um, You know, the U.S. dollar, everybody stands behind it, and I definitely want to as well. Um, It it means a lot when your dollar's worth something and you know what it's worth and and your government stands behind it and says it's worth this much. but when you look at the U.S. dollar, it's constantly printed over and over again. There is no cap to it. They can endlessly print. Um, it costs money to even create the money in the first place. You're, um, <laughs> it, you know, One penny, I think the last time I looked at it, was three and a half cents. So just one penny will cost us three and a half cents in taxpayer dollars to even create. Yeah. Well, That's you're just talking about. The cost there, think about the emissions of creating that one penny. Somebody had to mine that out of the earth. They had to truck that to a smelter or get it to a smelter. Um, from then on, somebody sold it to you know a coin buyer or a jewelry buyer or yeah. a precious metal buyer, and they drove somewhere else and deposited it. And you probably used an a armored truck, which takes a lot of diesel gas to yeah. do. You probably had to hire several people uh, to guard that you know that um that source of revenue and um just to create the one cent penny Hmm. you know and so think about how much a quarter cost or a nickel cost and all that going forward well again i would completely stand behind the u.s dollar if it was backed by gold again uh that would definitely settle my issues you know if i had any with utilizing crypto uh people want to dive super deep into the fact that there is no tangible value to it and that's just not true and that's also exactly what the U.S. dollar is right now in my eyes in my personal opinion Um, you know it's there's not much backing it up what backs it up is barrels of oil and the U.S. military typically is the best way you can put it because uh, you know all of this stuff is guarded by a lot of military personnel as well so they do uh, protect the U.S. finances or U.S. Uh, revenue, and um, so think about uh, CO2 emissions and utilizing the you know that type of money system, and then weigh in on the crypto mining and crypto using utilizing cryptocurrency. Well, you can get a lot of those same transactions done, and a lot more, uh, and a lot less. Uh, energy CO2 consumption uh, or creation, I should say, uh, by utilizing cryptocurrency. Yeah. And everybody's going to immediately shoot that down and say, you know, because they've seen the reports of the energy consumption equaling, you know, a country, right? And, well, you know, yeah, that's, that's true, right? There is a serious uh, consumption of energy when it comes to crypto mining and maintaining a blockchain network. Um, Because it's traditionally taken a lot of CPU power, uh, either from uh, CPUs in general or uh, GPUs, a lot of resources that consume a lot of energy. But the same thing is being applied to banking systems. If uh, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, and any of those companies, they all have their data housed somewhere in a server or on numerous servers, not just one, and they they will have redundant server locations. Um, They are constantly consuming uh, electricity. They have to continuously uh, blast them with cold air to keep the rooms cool so the servers still work. Uh, Every ATM has an energy consumption needed on it because every ATM is plugged into electric. It's connected to the Internet. And uh, so they always have... Uh, CO2 emission generated from just using traditional US dollar where now we're starting to get into cryptocurrencies that don't utilize uh, major CPU power which is called proof of work um, what they're using is uh, proof of stake or they're using low powered mining systems that you know uh, would cost you a dollar in electricity a month You know, where a bitcoin mining machine is going to cost you you know 15 to 20 dollars a day uh just to mine with right and so that ends up with a huge electrical bill at the end of the month yeah. and consumption where you've now got uh networks that are starting to go onto low-powered mining devices or none at all and uh, being able to support the blockchain network to continue it on so you when you always have this person supporting the network, then anybody can access that network at any given time, mm. on their phone, on their computer, or yeah. wherever they're at. Um, if they can get connected to a cell phone service or a Wi-Fi connection, they can totally get to their cryptocurrency where um, you, know, you have certain situations that come up where you're completely prohibited from getting your money due to certain circumstances. Uh, one being here in Texas, we had Hurricane Harvey It came through, and like any other previous uh, disasters of that nature, uh, all the ATM machines are gone. Their power's gone, you know, you can't draw money out of an ATM machine, um, but you need to truck your family, you know, 100 miles up north to get away from all the, maybe a new incoming storm, or just to get away from the area, and you can't get your money out of an ATM machine, you know, where... People would worry that um, you couldn't be able to access your cryptocurrency. Well, you can, because of uh, you can get a cell phone service in some areas, uh, obviously, and you could also pick up a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, again, if you're in a disaster area, those two may not be available to you. So then you could possibly maybe be a person who's lucky enough to have Starlink through Elon Musk. and if you have that then it's a satellite connection and you can pick up the internet anywhere you're at at any mm-hmm. given time and you could connect your crypto right away you know and, and make your transactions pay people or do your business whatever you need to do um where again the banks their atms are broken if they have one up and running or if you get to one or if it's in the general area around a disaster area they limit how much money you can withdraw from the ATM machine. Wow. They limit your transactions to only forty dollars a transaction, where you used to have like four hundred or yeah, more, whatever. You know, yeah. or wherever. Right? Yeah. Um, they limit it to forty dollars per person. So if you drive a That's gas-guzzling crazy. vehicle, and you're trying to get out of town and you need a hundred miles, you know, north, your forty bucks is not going to get you far at all. Yeah. It's probably not even going to feed your family. Yeah. You know, you're going to put it all in gas. So. Um, banks again limit us on how we access our money, how we manage it, and limit our movement in our own life due to that, you know, due to them having the control mm-hmm. over providing us a service, you know, that they're so happily right. ready to provide you. Right. You know, but um, there's actually these different situations that can come up to where you can't get a hold of your money at all, but you believed you would always have that access. Um, and another instance that is more familiar is right now with Russia and Israel. You know, their um, banking systems and their governments and <clears throat> their stock market and all those uh, those avenues are way up in the air right now. You know, um, people are, were trying to short sell in, in Russia and to get their money out, right, to sell quickly and, and cash out because stuff is going crazy they then ban short selling you know so you can no longer short sell your stocks to get out maybe you just bought them a week ago and now you're trying to get that money back yeah you can't sell them you're prohibited from that well if you also look at the banks they're lined up outside the banks trying to withdraw their money and the bank may not even have their money right or may not allow them to withdraw their money Mm -hmm. now You've been standing out in front of a bank for several hours, only to find out someone not going to give you your money wow. that you had in there. Wow. And then, on top of it all, what if the uh, Russian uh, Russian ruble, I believe it is, I believe is what the yeah. dollar is. What if it goes down in value when you were trying to pull your money out of the bank? Yeah. It could have lost some value to it, where you don't have it's not one to one anymore. It's right. less than yeah. what you had, and that. Um, that impact that can impact you greatly you know especially if you only had a limited amount of funds in the first place yeah you know which most people do yeah, <laughs> yeah. funds. so um, you know having it to where the US dollars is just to me not really backed by anything at all it costs tons of money to create and maintain yeah um, and I mean tons of money right there's there's a huge co2 emission that's created utilizing the US dollar Um, You have banks that will uh, stop you from getting your funds, you know, and if uh, They feel that they need to manage the the money in the area a certain way because of a disaster came through and Everybody's trying to get their money out. Then they're gonna say no, we're only gonna give you $40 a day You know or whatever transaction Um, Cryptocurrency changed that cryptocurrency Eliminated those boundaries for a lot of people um, you know when when you're aware of how to use it and how and how uh, how the banks are managing your funds, yeah. and how, how, how you have limited access to your funds. Yeah. So.
0: What I what I love that you said earlier about how your advice to people just getting in, obviously taking a look at a project and and finding how they are backed and, and the community aspect, right? Now, obviously, day in and day out, NFTs, NFTs, NFTs. And most people are thinking from a consumer, like, how can I create so people can consume that?" Yeah. But one thing that's interests me in that aspect with you talking about the blockchain and, br- and it bringing back the community of us being able to interact, is just that. Can you speak to how the NFT is actually doing a deeper dive in allowing people to freely create? communities without the encumbrances of necessarily the government or you know if you put your mind to it and you have a vision you can get people to freely interact with you through uh, a a financial tool a blockchain tool or crypto um tool if you will as an nft
1: yeah so nfts are they're amazing and they're getting a little crazy right now Um, (laughs) everybody's trying to create one it seems like but uh Some of them out there, they are really neat in the fact that if you had purchased one of the NFTs, you would have been opened up to a network of people that, um, you know, come from all different walks of life, live in different countries. And if you showed up in that area and you showed them the NFT, then you would be open, doors would be open to you. In that area. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like a fraternity and knowing frat brothers or frat sisters. <laughs> or, I don't know if that's where you yeah, have fraternity sisters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if you know Sorority them, sisters. Sorority yeah, sisters. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's the right word. If you know either one of them, then, you know, if you meet them somewhere else, they could be in a different country and they show you the ropes over there and get your feet in the door, you know. Yeah. Um, those types of uh, situations could come up in certain NFT communities. Uh, whereas we're trying to take over a world that I think much needs NFTs, and that is um, in the gaming industry. Um, You know, so many people have spent so much money on microtransactions within certain games. Um, Some that is popular with a lot of people is like Pokemon Go or any of those types (laughs) of uh, apps (laughs) where you're playing, you know, you need to consume these items and you uh are restricted from getting more of them so the the fastest way to get them is to make a 99 cent purchase in the game and now you've got 20 balls to throw at some pokemon right <laughs> well dude and I i'm mean, not making fun of gaming just yeah, no. this
0: with me like i'm like what is the end game why are you playing oh yeah. man you just collect and collect <laughs> okay so when does this well, i mean there's so many different places i'm like
1: Yeah, it is entertaining. I I got down on that path for a little bit uh, of (laughs) Pokemon Go and all of that, but uh, that's where I learned heavily about microtransactions in in a way. It's just that um, they made so much money on the microtransactions alone. It was mind boggling. I wish I had the number of how much they pulled in, but they hit some record numbers on Pokemon Go alone in like single day sales. They pull in hundred thousands of dollars in microtransactions and we're just talking 99-cent transactions or $5 transactions well you know the problem is is that the person who paid that money um, never actually owned anything they never that never was theirs in the first place they leased it for 99 cents or $5 whatever it was that you paid um, you leased it until you spent it or until you quit the game and then it goes back to the uh, creators. And you know, that's that's totally to be expected,
0: right? It, it's funny that you mentioned that because earlier when you're talking about the value of the dollar and it's not being backed by anything, value was created in a game mm-hmm. based upon wherever you needed to go to accumulate these balls. there really is no tangible real life value there's a perceived value that's been created by everybody like oh my god i have to get it have to get it have to get it and so with that being said like you can create the value necessary for that financial freedom if the collective as a whole as a community agrees that this is something of value exactly so
1: it's almost like uh how do people put value on baseball cards or comic books and things of that nature yes you can hold something in your hand but really what is the true value on it everybody says the value is that it's rare or somebody that was very special you know those are the things that make it valuable yeah. but in reality it's still a piece of paper and yeah. still you know it it's not it's not there is no value to it it's yeah. just what we imagine and want to put on it as it gives it its value and and um you know, on on other things, it's your labor that you put in. You know, you can put a value on that. But it, those types of random items, like, you know, a comic book or something, uh, sometimes, you know, it's hard for people to understand where the value comes from. Yeah. But if you're a so, comic book collector, then you totally know why it's Of course, it's that the emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Heck I yeah. get that because I definitely collected comic books myself. Yeah, I did too. So. I totally know it, um, but sometimes when you want to go buy that cool comic book and you look at the price, you're like,
0: what? What? Yeah. Where did, how does that thing <laughs> work this much? I don't have that. I got to
1: work like, I got to mow like 10 lawns. Yeah. Just to get up to that. You know? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, lo- mow lawns. Who does that anymore, right? Right, you but know? I mean, that
0: that takes me back nostalgically, too. To I was yeah. cutting every, every weekend. Exactly. Cutting, cutting yards, and so then to get a comic book, and that is that emotional tie. Like, I worked... I, worked hard yeah, to get this little piece and like you're gonna have to pay me for this because I'm counting all the lawns and all the weekends <laughs> I had to save <laughs> exactly. up. I gotta pay months, that forward. Tears
1: <laughs> into that. So, you know, where it really uh where it really um took over for me was um a story that I heard and I, I again I wish I could pull that up and give some uh sources for you, but uh it was a gentleman who had played those um in He had an in-game app that he played and made purchases on, and um, he was buying, like, the armor and the weapons out of the game. And he had amassed, like, a $2 million in-game purchases of these weapons, and what he was doing was reselling them on their market. (laughs) He had created a job at basically reselling these in-app purchases, right, in a game. Well, the developers changed the mechanisms of the market system and it completely wiped out his value of what he amassed about $2 million worth of items yeah. and it completely wiped out his value for those items and he tried to take them to court and he lost his case because they basically had copyrights uh, you know, yeah, on, okay. on, on, on it all. Yeah. So he owned nothing, but yet he had put more into it than they probably invested in the game itself. Right right? I mean, three times over wow. basically, and he owned no rights to the game, no pieces to the game no nothing, and so this is where the world of NFTs really needs to come into play, because if you purchased an NFT if you minted an NFT, and you had it, it's attached to your wallet, and so it goes with you and your wallet now, there's a lot of developers who are looking into creating NFTs for a game that will transfer to the next game so if you bought the following follow-up sequel to the game you'd be able to uh, apply your nft your first NFT, and get something else in the game as well which uh, creates that community following for the video game itself and uh, creates that fan base and the diehards uh, in a way and um that is you know one avenue of it and then there's also the fact that you own what you spent your hard money on right instead of just it disappearing on yeah, you is, yeah. you know, as soon as you delete the app, it's all it's gone, gone. All, <laughs> all those Pokeballs you bought, are, it's over with, man, it's over with, you just wasted tons of money, which, if you had invested that money, yeah, you would definitely have been better off, Absolutely. At, I mean, yeah, I know some people who've spent quite a few mo- uh, pennies on Pokemon balls, so, yeah. you know, it's, um, I wonder what they could have done with that money, but
0: and not just that. but about the um, Candy Crush, sugar, like all exactly. those games that prior to, you know, NFTs coming about and really understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have you have every single video game you have an upgrade for. Yeah, exactly. You know, back in the day when video games like first PlayStation, you bought the game, you got the disc, you got everything intangible. Later on, you might buy another disc, but now it's like they know that. So they already set you up to buy a portion of the game. And then yep. if you want to get, oh, here are these bonus levels or here are these bonus characters, you're paying more money just for that to be to have access to it for the game. Exactly. And so now, look, you're already doing it. You just have to switch your mind in terms of the consumer game entertainment to something that can really affect not just your life but generations to come.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's... um. It's amazing how we have jumped into that uh, world of if we just keep talking about the games where you're always buying that DLC, that ad- additional yeah. content to your game, and and uh, many people are fine with it. You know, it's it's no big deal. It's and some to be expected, right? They do, they added more to your original game, but. In some cases, that material was actually already on the game itself, but didn't unlock until you purchased it. And they unlocked it through their mechanisms, right? And uh, so it's like, well, wait a second. I already had the game, and I had to wait for you to unlock it, you know? And um, with NFTs, again, you're going back to you own that piece. And um, one game in particular where we can kind of expand on is the sandbox that's coming out or it's not coming out but it's been out it's in alpha stage i think in second alpha stage um where you own a plot of land you know so many um inches across if you will digitally and you can build out your own your own little world similar to minecraft but more i guess more tailored to a little bit older crowd because okay. there's a lot more that can be done on the platform or on the the squares of land but You could create games that others could be charged to play. So you're already playing a game. You come to my little sandbox square, and I've built out some other little games for you to play that were my own creation, and I can charge you to play those games. Or I can set up a concert arena and have literally real live people come on and play music, but digitally. And this is where you lead up to we're getting into the metaverse. Yeah. The metaverse is <laughs> blowing up on us right now. NFTs are gonna, in my eyes, are gonna be a huge part of it. You will be able to have your own little chill space that is your metaverse, and you'll be able to buy apartment um, items, Virtual furniture. Yeah. You know, a couch. Uh, you could change your lights out. You could uh, even you would buy NFTs for your your avatar, and you would put on digital clothes or digital hats or whatever the case may be. Um, and everybody sees that in the metaverse. That's who they see is, is your avatar and what is on it. So the world around you in the metaverse, which is just blowing up, will be full of uh, items that are NFTs or can be NFTs, yeah. right? And um,
0: <laughs>
1: and that's just wild. Just I'm laughing because
0: up. I remember when the game The Sims came out and then they would have sims where you could build like roller theme parks and this and that and police so it's i'm laughing just because to see how it went from that to now we as beings are now a microcosm of the video game in action yeah meets the truman show right like it it, so that i didn't mean to interrupt you that just was why i was laughing because i'm like wow just in a short span of time Exactly. We're thrusting ourselves deeper into a uh, disconnect from, you know, like you and I are sitting here yeah. having a conversation face to face. I could t- I could shake your hand, whereas forecasting in the metaverse, we will digitally have avatars yeah, so- that are sitting in a studio the I Moments of Mindset Studio.
1: Exactly. I see it like Ready Player One where he yeah. got his outfit and he can feel every uh, feeling in the metaverse that he was in. And so I, I see people doing that where they're going to go out and buy the latest bodysuit and yeah. be sitting at home with their Oculus rips over their head, yeah. and that's how they connect to the world. And yeah. that is the, the thing that I'm discovering for myself is that the generation now... They definitely, which you know, I'm a part of as well, and you yeah, are as me well. me too. Intricate you part. Uh, there is a, a the I guess the, <laughs> the younger crowd, right? I hate to even say that. <laughs> uh, they're more driven to just being online. They want to be online yeah. a lot, a lot more than than we're used to being online. Yeah. And um, they that's that's where they're going that's where they're heading they you know record themselves 24 7 now almost Uh, you got tiktok you got youtube videos you got other kinds of things where people are just streaming themselves and just constantly you know every action they do somebody's watching it you know yeah yeah we, so we are definitely going to that uh if not already completely, completely. online yeah. and everybody wanted to connect in that way.
0: And especially because of what happened over the past ch- you know couple years challenges with the lockdowns and the quarantines it, it really accelerated, it accelerated that big time. And still the unknown coming out of that and how to really assimilate back into what we always knew as normal, right? So it's kind of a uh, th- like there's a gap between there's a balance between okay coming out more aware securing yourself in terms of still having the human to human contact versus just like i don't know what's going on i'm just going to be over here safe and disconnect because i know that this is my bubble that i can create all the pleasures and the joy from right like it's yeah it's comfortable right and so so
1: we're definitely going to that world and again in that world will be full of nfts in my eyes because they definitely uh can be objects in the virtual world and you can do like i said furniture to clothing to whatever um you can create that and it will be something similar to the sims like you're saying where people have created their own little houses and stuff (laughs) and they have you know different events going on and and you know um it's it's blowing up that way and the metaverse is allowing it or or is expanding even more because it's the virtual reality. You're mm-hmm. really immersed in it with the goggles on and you really just get involved in it, you know, because yeah. you can uh, close everything else out around you yeah. while you're in your Oculus Rift.
0: Yeah, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I know there are going to be Uh, A series of these, because I'm always, every time you and I have a conversation, man, I learn something. And not only just the knowledge that you give me, but just by watching and hearing the energy and your passion for this, right? And and it's just the... We'll delve into it more, but your big picture of how to make it self-sustaining so that everybody wins, I'll just say that, is something that I am yeah. in awe of, man. So, and,
1: a lot of the crypto communities that are uh, driving these cryptocurrencies, they, um, they're they all about making something better than, than just creating something that everybody uses, but really doesn't add anything, doesn't... there's no benefit to it right it's just something that you've started up and it runs or does its thing but nobody's truly benefiting from it and um, you know one thing I thought about is that there could be um, a blockchain technology that keeps track of everybody's cars as they drive it and maybe it rewards you on not driving as much because you're creating too much co2 Uh, right and these can be all tracked through blockchain technology Which is something we'll definitely want to dive into more because after understanding a wallet, we started off talking about how to use it as money. So we need to uh, want to definitely differentiate that that there is something else beyond cryptocurrency as a form of revenue or Mm -hmm. form of uh, money that you transfer uh, from peer to peer or whatnot. There's a technology that drives it and that technology is is really what I'm very excited about because it's just amazing what can be done with it. Yeah. um, Medical
0: records and so many different avenues. Heck, yeah.
1: So many different avenues um, that it can be applied to, and and I think that that's really what needs to be expanded upon Yeah, than necessarily cryptocurrencies in general. I dig it. I dig it. I don't need a necessary replacement for the dollar. I want another form of payment or a source of revenue that I can use and manage on my own, but um, I definitely want to be able to... uh, have it work more than just one way. Yeah. The US dollar only works one way. You spend it or you earn it, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And so that's all we get out of it, but cryptocurrencies could be that you spend it and you earn it, but on the back end of things there's something else going on that is more beneficial. Yeah. Because they they can do a lot more than just buy and spend stuff.
0: I love it. Buy and earn. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Always anybody that comes on the show, I always want to give them the freedom final thoughts just about what we talked about around, you know, leaving some last little nuggets for the listeners out there uh, with regard to cryptocurrency, um, anything, final thoughts. Cause this, this for me has been an amazing uh, conversation. Like I said, I always learn and love. That's why I just sit back and I just listen to you because there's a lot of yeah, I know your vision, and you just gave a little tidbit. That's why I hope that you want to come back on and tell a little bit more, man. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, yeah, man, last thoughts.
1: Always excited to talk about crypto. Um, I think it is revolutionizing our world um, on the financial level. It has made millionaires overnight, you know, um, uh, and it's not just about the money. It's about the technology behind cryptocurrencies is where it's at, and I look forward to uh, to where we're going next yeah. with that Um I do believe there's a lot of benefit to it, and cryptocurrencies and NFTs and smart contracts and all of those things are um, just bonuses of what crypto can do, Yeah. so um, definitely looking forward to talking about it more, if you're interested. absolutely,
0: absolutely, as always. First, I want to say this, and I probably should have gave a disclaimer early on, but this is by no means financial advice for any of y'all to listen and just dive in reckless and then come back and say, you know, I'm supposed to be gaining from moments of mindset, the podcast, and now I've cast myself upon pods that I cannot get out of. Right. So this is all just opinions and sharing from our experiences and learning and for you all to enjoy and for us to continue to lock arms and get on a path to grow, because this is something that is going to be viable for whatever it is that you are doing out there in business for some even in relations like all that sort of stuff it's about the technology and the knowledge that help helps bring us together so as always thank you for lending me your ear jared thank you for coming by my friend Uh, i look forward to continued conversations man and know that i love you all and i usually do it at the beginning but at the end i'm going to say and send you on your way let's go